0: Welcome to the Beach Catholic Podcast. Uh, my name is Sean. I'm your host for today's podcast episode. And we are here with, uh, as always, here joined by Father Brian Barr. Father Brian, how are you doing today? I'm good, Sean. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, for all of you faithful listeners out there, um, you may notice that our, our co-host Lorenz is not with us today. Um, he just had his third child. Which is kind of wild, actually. Um, but thank God, his his kids and his uh, wife are all healthy amid you know the coronavirus and everything else that's been going on. But he just had his third beautiful daughter. So um, we all wish him the best and offer prayers for health and well being for all of them uh, coming out of all of this. We
1: gotta pray. Probably should say a special prayer for Lorenz. He's got a house of four women now. Hands of all.
0: Congratulations, <laughs> Lorenz. No comment. Uh, I grew up in a house of all boys except for my mom, so I know she, she, she had a rough time, but she enjoyed it at the end of the day. So. Um, real quick, before we get started, Father Brian, I know last night you guys had uh, the event at the church. Um, you, had, you did some outdoor adoration, right? We did. Yeah, we did. It was uh, actually it was a really nice night.
1: It was kind of the first, um, well, it was. It was the first thing that we really done publicly, public prayer. Since the shutdown, <clears throat> which was uh, on St. Patrick's Day, that was the first St. Patrick's Day was the first uh, you know uh, live stream mass when the churches were closed. I guess the weekend the weekend before was when it was um, yeah. I guess that was the la- the weekend before. I guess oh yeah, it was when the the church sort of said you didn't have to come out to mass. Yeah, uh, you know, the obligation was lifted, um, but it wasn't. It wasn't actually shut down at that point. Um, yeah, so since since on the seventeenth of March, it was the first one? And we really haven't had haven't had anything really public since. So we we got the green light to uh, at least be together outside, you know, distanced appropriately. Um, so it was great. I think we had about 95 people who, who came out and uh, we just kind of sat them. We put these little uh, kind of spray painted white crosses in the parking lot with the, the right distance. And it was cool. It was really just, uh, it was just great to see people I haven't seen in, in months now. And uh, I had just this sort of collective feeling of like, it's just so nice to kind of be back together as, as church this way anyway so
0: yeah great night great night it's funny you mentioned that weekend before saint patrick's day i remember that vividly because it's the last time that i was sitting inside of a restaurant
1: mm.
0: till today but uh, you know, hopefully we're able to get back together in the churches for mass but it's awesome that um you know the community at saint mary's and you were offering that kind of uh, outdoor adoration and yeah, yeah just for people to be able to see each other and connect again good stuff so uh, let's get into today's conversation, and um, you know, I think it goes without saying that the, the whole country, uh, in light of some of the, the recent events that have gone on um, uh, specifically with George Floyd, um, you know he was he died because he was essentially assaulted by a police officer while he's been taken under custody. Um, he was held with a knee over his neck for about eight and a half, nine minutes and ended up dying as a result. And in the wake of that, there's been just a whole lot of social unrest, Um, everything from peaceful protests and calls for justice to uh, riots and fires and um, senseless beatings in the street, you know, kind of across the whole spectrum. Um, And I know, you know, myself being a millennial, I'm on social media and I just see a whole lot of social media stuff going on about it. Um, So we wanted to take the time now to, you know, not, not give our two cents necessarily, but maybe just give a perspective on how we can see this in light of the church and uh, in light of Christ. So uh, Father Brian, I'm going to pass it to you. Um, I know you have a little bit to say about it to start.
1: Yeah, I, um,
0: obviously it's just,
1: it's terrible. And, um, you know, I think it's, uh, some, in some respects, it's it's not, it's not elements of this, I guess, are, are very complicated questions of race and, you know, systemic, historical uh, discrimination, um, the history of our country in, in a lot of respects. So it's not, you know, there's certainly quick, quick fix responses is arrogant and, and a waste of time. So I don't mean to, I don't mean to sort of like present silver bullets just sort of cleaning this thing up. It is complicated. However, I mean, aren't there elements of this horrible story that are kind of simple? Um, like everybody says what that cop did was appalling. There's no debate there. It's not like there are groups of people saying, no, that, that, that was okay and, and that was justifiable. Like there's, there's no conflict there. Um, and an awful lot of people are saying torching police cars and looting drugstores is horrible. And there's not a lot of debate there. Now, there are more than a few people that are looting you know, and, and, and doing destructive stuff. And, and there are more than a few people that are racist. But most aren't. Like, most aren't in line with that police office behavior and attitude. And most aren't okay with trashing cities and neighborhoods. So I don't know. Like, is there just some value to say, okay, and I don't want to diminish the division, but is there more unity than we might think? I mean, you, we can almost become like addicted to watching these images, the news, and just like, it is horrifying. I mean, like, you know, some depending on who you are, you want to, you'll want to jump through the screen for different reasons, but like you're, you're kind of make a combination of like enraged and discouraged at the same time. And, but is there more? Are we more together than we than many? Some people might say. I guess that's a question or something to throw out. Um, and that's not to say so. Maybe it's not as bad as we think. I mean, it's horrible. It's horrible. This thing is going on a week, and what initiated was was even more horrible—the death of this, you know, this innocent man. Um, but just a question of division and distance. Like, I'm not so sure. I, I, I don't know if it's as, if if it's as bad as we've convinced ourselves. Um, <laughs> when I was in college, when I was when I was in high school, uh, I went to a Holy Cross High School in, in Queens, New York City. Uh, Right down the block, about a mile away, was another Catholic high school, St. Francis Prep. So two Catholic high schools, very close to each other. We hated each other. Like, it was just this natural um, rivalry, and they were both pretty good sports, had pretty good sports programs. So whenever Holy Cross played Prep, it was just always an intensity that was more than typical um, So if you, like, you know, if you were a Holy Cross kid and you were, you know, taking the bus, the city bus, passing prep, like, it was like, you had nothing, you wouldn't even kind of look at prep kids. And it was mutual. It was stupid high school stuff. But, like, we didn't like them and they didn't like us. We were different. We were from here and they were from there. Anyway, and that's, you know, that's, I'm probably describing every high school, every high school's got got a rivalry, right? A rival. But, um. I remember a couple of years, you know, flat, fat, uh, fast forward a year or two, and I'm now in college. I was at a I was at a frat party, and it was my first couple of days in this school. I was new there; I had transferred, so I didn't really know almost anybody. And uh, I'm at this uh, frat party. I don't even know who I was with, but I, I guess it was other transfer students, and but like, kind of like not feeling like didn't really have a lot of friends at that point. These were all new people. And I'm walking toward the bathroom uh, at this frat house and I see a, a kid with a uh, St. Francis Prep sweatshirt. So I said to him, uh, I said, did you go to Prep? Is that in, in, in New York, in Queens? And he goes, yeah. I said, yeah, I went to Holy Cross. So we both kind of like looked at each other and smiled like, you know, I don't like you, you don't like me. Well, the opposite ended up happening. I, asked him where he lived, and we ended up knowing uh, a few mutual people and uh, anyway, it was ironic like six months before when I was in in high school, I would have walked across you know i would have I would have not engaged this guy because he was from this school, different place now in a different setting, that almost became a source of us being connected. Like if it wasn't for this noticing this aspect of who he was, which was different from me, I never would have talked to this guy. I wouldn't have had the conversation. So it's just like, I don't know, like the things that that divide us, the things that we we kind of highlight as differences, are they often – overdone and overblown uh, and we because of where we're from or what we look like or uh, our accents or the, our last name uh, it's like this it's like the sweatshirt the sweatshirt does the sweatshirt become this symbol of I'm different from you or is it you know it's funny it was like once we you know in, in, in this Catholic world, we were enemies. These two Catholic high schools. Once you take these two Catholic high school kids, you put them in a larger context where everybody is Catholic. Now we have. Now we're kind of like related to each other. You know, it's just what we do with our differences. I think is really important. Um, kind of like and now broaden it way beyond high school rivalries. Like our common, you know, our common
0: humanity um yeah, you know the, I, again like this is uh, like you said this is such a complex complex thing and race in general it's you know it almost seems lighthearted to compare it to a high school rivalry but at the same time what you're saying is 100 percent right like you may see yourself on a different team but at the end of the day we are on the same team we're all we're kind of made up of the same thing and we're are fighting for the same stuff, but um, and, and again, it's not to sugarcoat. I think you know a lot of um, a lot of the black community in America definitely interprets and has experienced serious racism and serious, um, you know, what could, could be called systemic racism from the communities that they're involved in. But, and meanwhile, at the same time, I think of uh, I think of Saint Paul. Right, he says, "Though you are many parts." your one body and in that body is Christ. So wh- what do you think of that? Father Brian, the whole idea of, you know, you may be made up of different things and have different functions and do serve, serve different purposes. But at the end of the day, it's all one body.
1: Well, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I may have mentioned this before. I, uh, I say I <clears throat> help out uh, as a, a jail, uh, County jail here in the, uh, East Meadow, Nassau County. And I'm, uh, I'm not a the chaplain there, but I, I, I go over maybe every six, five or six weeks and I'll, I'll say mass on a Saturday morning. I'll say two masses, uh, men's group of men and a group of women uh, inmates. And it's just always a uh, I kind of almost get, have this similar experience pretty much every time I go. Like you walk into this place, you're in this jail, it's a horrible place, and you're waiting, these inmates come in, and you're looking at them, and they're like, um, kind of like rough looking, and uh, they look sort of beat up and banged up, Uh, just, um, you listen to some of them talk, and you're like, man, like they, very just come from, clearly, like from sort of tough, tough backgrounds, but then you start talking to them, and if you start preaching to them in a certain way, um, the women react this way more than the guys, but the guys do too in their own guy sort of way. Like if, you, if I start to say something in a homily about uh, your, your children, like some of them have kids, some of these, some of these women have their moms, and, uh, or I'll say something about parents, you know, your relationship. Now, if you're talking to the guys, I mean, like, I'll, I'll make some reference to you know, a relationship to your father and maybe like a father who didn't do a good job, a dad who was very absent. And you just, man, you can just see like, uh, it's like everything in their eyes. Like they just, uh, you, you just know you're t- you tapping into something. Like everybody's got a mom and a dad. And I'm not saying everybody's got a good experience of that. But every, everybody everybody comes from family. Um, and my, I guess my point is, it's like, uh, anyway, so when you start to tap into some of that stuff, like the people that, these people that walked into this little, oh, gross little chapel, prison chapel 15 minutes before, like who were kind of intimidating looking and very different from me and the life I grew up, family I grew up in and all that. Like the distance kind of lessens. And that's, that's really my point. Like the distance. I remember this is a number of years ago. Years ago, uh, I was a pretty young priest at the time, same prison, same jail. And I was helping out. I went um, in the parking lot walking in. This woman's walking toward me, you know, looking like she's going to her car. She sees me dressed as a priest, stops me. Says, am I going in? I said, yeah. She starts to cry. She says, could I see her son? He had just been sentenced to f- or something, you know. He he, he was going to jail. Got kind of like going upstate for a longer time, and it was bad. And he was very down. He was very discouraged. And I remember, like, I remember being struck by the fact that she wasn't like she didn't defend him. She didn't say he was innocent or anything like that. Uh, she didn't say he was guilty, but I kind of implied uh it wasn't like this was unfair or unjust it was just it was her son and um you know everybody's somebody's son or daughter everybody like it's sort of like this just this common um you know again we don't all come from the, the right the same places and, and healthy places and but i think it's what paul was I, I think it's like that's yeah that's what oh well in the parking line so i i I said yeah i'll 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 totally try and see him the son and then she said uh she said you know i can't i can't stop i can't stop seeing him um she she said that uh his friends were sort of checking out they were no longer visiting and he was just increasingly isolated and And she looked at me like, she was almost like she was apologizing, like, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep seeing him. I was like, of course you're going to keep, like, he's your son. You know, just like a lot of the, 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 the differences and the distances that, that do exist between people and cultures and in some respects race, I guess, um, If you you cut away a lot of it, it's like, no, it's all the same. Like, it's all, we're we're all, we are all connected here. Um, And hey, my life may look very different than yours, but we come from the same place. Yeah, we come from the same place. So we're all cousins. (laughs) Like, we're all, we're all related. And that kind of may sound a little pie in the sky and, um, but it is what Paul was talking about, and I think this—it's like our goal is to, you know, and it's very hard. I mean, I, it, as a a white guy who grew up in a middle class home, and you know, my father was a New York City fireman, and you know, lots of people in my life were cops and um, civil servant lives, like yeah, I I see people destroying some innocent person's storefront, store, you know, people who are just coming out of the the mess of this virus, financial struggles, and now, like, this thing is, this thing is dumb, like, that's, like, that's, it's so easy for me to be enraged by that, and again, like, that is enraging, that's objectively unacceptable, but, you know if I'm also I never I never experienced discrimination you know I never I never I never really been in a, in a might, significant minority dynamic where I'm the minority um, so I don't know like I don't know what that's like and what that feels like I think in terms of faith today like I think I feel more and more like I'm a minority in terms of my faith I think you know, we've talked before about campus. You know your experience of camp uh, working as a campus minister, being a student involved in campus ministry, like college campus today. If you're a Catholic kid and on most campuses, man, you, yeah, you're you're a minority, and and you do feel sort of that whatever that thing is where you're you're different and you look looked at different. But bottom line is, it's very different than racial discrimination and anyway kind of kind of rambling but i um i think paul's right and i think that's where we have gotta go like i mean doesn't some of this seem like you're watching this and don't you like don't, don't you sort of at point say like how is this ever gonna get fixed how is this ever how is this ever gonna get better yeah the, the people to people who had their what both sides like who had been so hurt who were so innocent and who was treated in such unjustified ways how are they ever going to get past that hurt and i mean it doesn't doesn't the answer really become like like a radical embrace
0: of christ i think one of the you know, I was talking with some of my friends about it many of whom you know don't necessarily practice their faith if they have any faith at all but um, one of the things i I said was as somebody who believes in Christ and who's a Christian I know this world is never going to be perfect because it's broken it's broken by sin and by by the evil that dwells here and you know Jesus came so that we could see that there was another way um, and it's funny you know I'm in the same boat I'm a mid 20s white guy who never was alive during the 60s for race riots or the LA riots in the 90s I think it was the 90s right um, so you know those kinds of things weren't big significant factors in my life and, um you know you bring up the campus ministry thing I think there's a degree of truth to that because as a student and as a professional campus minister I saw a how it felt to not be in the majority with how the, the group around you was thinking or acting. And I'm not equating that with racism or being a different skin tone, like you said, but um, you know, if somebody made a remark against my faith, which is, or, or against God, who is the, the you know, that's the thing that I hold most dear in my life. Yeah, there was a part of me that Reacted violently internally. You know, it was get very angry. I get very frustrated, and I try to look at what's going on now in those kinds of lenses um, to try to not not rationalize or justify what's going on as far as the rioting goes. But try to you know just try to empathize a little bit with you know the emotions that are going on, and you know, unfortunately, I I think that they are being mismanaged. But at the same time, there's just been you know, a lot to, to stir them up. Um, when I think of that St. Paul line, the, the many parts one body, I think about like a literal body, right? And if I'm a body part or even like a cell in a body, I do my job and I do my role and serve my purpose. But at the same time, I'm dependent on all of the other cells and body parts doing their job and serving their purpose so that the body can operate fully, you know, as it's supposed to and part of me thinks kind of what you're saying is like we saw we all many of us saw that video of Derek Chauvin the the police officer putting his knee on George Floyd's neck and all of us reacted very viscerally and, and sadly to it because we I think we like you're saying we can identify with the humanity there and we're almost see it like I mean, if you're honest with yourself, maybe you're saying you feel like you're losing a part of yourself as that's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not for nothing, but seeing the police officer do it was extremely angering because you're like, that's not how a part of this body is supposed to be working.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, it's almost like a cancer got in and it's causing the body to operate wrongly. But at the end of the day, that's really what, what evil is. And that's really what, unfortunately, these kind of evil... Ideological mindsets can get people into if if that's really what was stirring it up. But I mean, that to me that's always what that line has led me to. And I think in light of all this, it's like if you look at another person, you should see them as no less than ex- an extension of yourself. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think of uh, C.S. Lewis in in his essay "The Weight of Glory." He says, "Next to the Blessed Sacrament, your neighbor is the most holy." Object you're going to encounter in this world because it's just like you. It's a human being that was willed into existence through the love of God, whom Jesus came to Earth and died on a cross for, and then rose again so that they could have salvation. It's like I know that's true for me, and that's why I'm faithful. But if it's true for me, it's true for every other single person on this planet, and i you know, regardless of skin color or or any anything else. You need to respect that and you need to you know not only respect that but like love that other person you know and you meet people
1: you do meet we all do encounter people who who live that I mean I, probably not a lot, but like you do you do meet people who are just different like they they re, that's not what you just said about our connectedness and our uh, uh, the, the relationship, just our human connectedness. Like I can think of a couple of people in my life who, who really do act that way. Like they've got this piece about them, kind of a, a unique kind of, uh, I don't know, they're like less guarded, they're I guess less defensive. Um, you know, and you see it. I mean, I, you know, that's maybe the way the saints were, or certainly some saints. Um, so it's possible, I like possible. And, you know, is that, you know, finding ways of leading us toward that? You know, I remember reading this, there was an article, it was kind of like an editorial, I guess, and it was the New York Post a couple of years ago. And, there's a story about this, uh, I think it was like a mother and, a, and their son or daughter, and they were flying on a plane, and they had their dog with them. And they had the dog in a um, carrier, like a pet carrier thing. So it was, uh, they were going to put the dog under the seat for the flight. And uh, the uh, flight attendant came up and said, yeah, that's no good. You, 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 whatever, it's too big or something like that. And they said, well, no, we, don't, we always do this. In fact, I think they were coming back from somewhere. So I was like, this is how we did it on the first leg of this trip. And then she was like, you can't do it. You got to put the dog up in the above in the uh, luggage thing. And they were kind of arguing about this. And um, they fight or or, or mildly, you know, they protested it, but they ultimately said, okay. So they put the dog up top and they said the plane took off and you could hear the dog barking and, uh, there was turbulence, so they weren't allowed to, to, to get out of their seat. And then eventually the, the barking stopped and the, and the dog died. The dog died in this, it was like a horrible story. And, but the point of it was, of this writer was, why did nobody do anything? Like it was a, everybody, probably not everybody on the plane, but everybody in that area, front rows, back rows, heard this, first of all, they could, they heard the dog barking, and then they heard that the, the dog stopped barking. And, but it was this like, uh, everybody knew this was nuts. Everybody knew this wasn't right. They didn't do anything. And the point, So the point was like, it was actually about like authority and how we, as a society, we, sometimes we, we are too respectful of authority. You know, and it's horrible, horrible things historically can happen when you, when you don't stand up to an unjust authority figure. Like this, this flight attendant was given way more power than he or she warranted, and this very sad little story happened. Like those, three, was it the three other, the three other police officers uh, in, in Minneapolis? Like you, you see almost as much of them in that video as you do the, the poor man who died and the guy, the guy who killed him. Like, how did they not do something? I mean, this is even more bold. Had it somebody who was witness, the guy who was, whoever was taking the picture, filming it, like the, the phone. Can you imagine if somebody, the person filming it stopped and said, hey, and like walked over to the cop or tried to make their way to the cop to push the cop off the guy. Like, he would have been tackled probably by the other cops and probably gotten knocked around. That guy would probably be alive today, though. You know, like if, That's that's really bold, pushing pushing the authority of a police officer out of the way, but like, how did how did they allow that to happen? I mean, and he got how did how did people allow Nazi Germany to happen?
0: Yeah, I was about to bring that up. I know. um, I think of Alexander Solzhenitsyn. He wrote that book, The Gulag Archipelago. yeah, Yeah. Decades in the gulags in Stalinist Russia. Yep. And uh, he writes in it that the, the line between good and evil is a thin one and it crosses every human heart.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Everybody has that decision to make whether you're going to be complicit in evil when it's happening around you or if you're going to potentially sacrifice the good of yourself in order to stop the evil from happening. That's right. But at the end of the day, that's what love is in the the life of Christianity. It's sacrificing what's good for you so that what's actually good with the capital G can happen.
1: Totally. You know, and, and it's not, you know, it's not like you you wait to this almost once in a lifetime moment, like the Minneapolis story before you're, you're tested. I mean, we get, you get tested when you are in third grade and there's a kid, a kid on the school bus who's being made fun of and nobody's, nobody's doing anything to say, oh, or worse, you know, like probably middle school or high school, when it gets, the level of cruelty can become really intense. And you know it's terrible, you know it's wrong. Uh, you're not doing it, you know, maybe you're not inflicting the, uh, the, the, the cruelty on the kid, but you're letting it happen. I mean, it's, Minneapolis is just a, an appalling version of that. So it's, I just, you know, the more we, um, you know, I think the more we're challenged, the more kids are, are taught, like, Hey, you, you can't, you can't hang out in, in the bleachers of life in life. When, when, when somebody is, 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 when, when there's injustice, I mean, it's a question of, you know, justice and injustice and, of just. Uh, I was. I was reading uh, for the hope for the holy hour last night. I was reading a, a letter from a Birmingham Jail, Martin Luther King. I mean, it, it is so awesome. It's about. It's kind of long. It's about seven or eight typed pages, small small print. And he wrote this letter in the jail uh, in Birmingham, and it is. It, it's and It's worth googling and printing and. Reading it and even praying with it and about it because it's just uh, he's so articulate. Um, he, he's, referencing, he's referencing Thomas Aquinas and um, you know how how we how we re- respond to um, unjust laws. What's our obligation? Uh, and I just think like this amazing, amazing combination of. Like he was writing the letter. If I got this right, it was like these uh, Southern Christian pastors that were part of this organization, and they were totally punting on the situation. Like be, they were just, the segregation situation continued to be terrible, and uh, the way protesters were being treated was was horrible. The dogs and the fire hoses and all that. And these 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 uh, Protestant those Christian pastors who were in theory supporting an end to segregation and you know, the need for uh, civil rights reform, just that we, we gotta go slower and we need to be patient. And, we, and he's just, he kind of picks it apart and he's like, well, you, know, you, you sometimes you can't be patient um, and sometimes you just have to act. And again, it was always, Non-violent. I mean, I mean, I suspect he's rolling over in his grave at, at, because this is a, you know, people keep saying, uh, um, what's the name of the, the man who died in, in Minneapolis? George, uh, George, George Floyd. You know, his, his family and his people are saying this is just such a dishonor to him and the way he lived. You know, poor, poor Martin Luther King must be saying, God, this is not what, this is not, this is not what I, don't give me credit for this. Now, um, yeah, he'd also probably be maybe almost equally saddened by the fact that 60 years later, what he, what he tried to do hasn't, in a lot of ways, been fulfilled. But anyway, it was just a, it's an incredible, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't claim to know that much about King, but you can't not be inspired, it's like, uh, trying to be reasonable, trying to be respectful of of law, but at the same time saying, you know, we're not gonna be, we're not gonna kind of be made fools of endlessly. Anyway, it's great stuff.
0: kind of out of that. I think, um, I think it's natural as, you know, you and I, and probably everybody, and especially people who aren't, you know, black, are reflecting on all of this and trying to think of what does it mean for me and what does it mean for my, my view of the world and my little sphere of influence in the world. And um, I've spent the last couple of days just trying to think of that question exactly. Like what, what should I be doing? Um, You know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, St. James, St. James said in his letter, faith without works is dead. And I know that, you know, God is love. And he is perfect love and he could force us all to act in a perfectly loving way if he wanted us to, but he doesn't do that because he loves us so much and he leaves it up to us. He gives us his word in the scripture and he gave us Jesus, his son, and he gives us the church and, uh, and he talks to us in our own hearts and he, he gives us all these tools to steer us toward him. But ultimately it's up to us to, to actually take that pray with it and then act upon it. Mm. Um, and it's funny you mentioned, you know, Martin Luther King. I, I've seen a lot of the, um, you know, on social media and, and different things like that. The the quote that he had said once was, "rioting is the language of the unheard." Um, but I can't imagine that he would. He would what was said uh, rioting. Oh, rioting. Rioting. Rioting is the wow! I never heard that. Yeah. I th- I'm pretty sure that's it. And that's cool, I hear it. And I think he's a hundred percent right because it is, it's, a, it's from, it's, it's coming from a place of deep emotional hurt, yep. you know, not being listened to. And, um, you know, while I can't imagine that Martin Luther King would be condoning what's going on right now, because, you know, he was nonviolent in all of his major protesting, but at the same time, I, t- I hear that. And I think, well, what can I do? You know, maybe maybe it's as simple as making yourself available to listen when, when this kind of stuff happens. And then beyond that, kind of like you were saying, like not being afraid to to step in when you see injustice happening. If if you do see injustice happening, not, yeah. not being afraid to vocalize that.
1: Um, yeah, that's a that's an amazing quote. I um yeah. You know, you, I, I, I think with, with this whole situation, like, which just seems, everybody seems so quick to like, you just, you categorize a person. So if you're, if you're expressing like that, like that quote, that's a, that's a, that's a challenging, it's like you hold me, you, 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 uh, you you tie up my hands and legs and prevent me from being free. I'm going to get really angry at you. And if if I if the only way I can get your attention or attention is to to do something destructive, like I mean, it's still not the way to go. But like to be able to say like yeah, but. Okay, he can't do that. But that doesn't mean you're now just this thug. It doesn't mean you're just, and I do think, by the way, there's a bunch of 16-year-old thugs that are out there trashing cities who aren't struggling with any of this. I think they're just, they're just, you know, so. Sort of
0: Listen, when you see the when you see the white millennial running out of the Target with a box of Legos, that's when you, you're, right. you're, you're right. being a little selfish and opportunistic with the experience. Completely, like
1: completely. But the you know maybe another level of a, like, where, a level where it's you know and 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 it's like so so if you if you start to uh, express a little bit of sympathy, like that King quote, like yeah, maybe maybe. You know, when you, 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 if you oppress me to a certain point, I'm gonna become a really angry, kind of nasty guy because you've taken away my freedom. And, and that expresses itself in, in unpleasant ways. Like to kind of like entertain that possibility does not mean you hate cops. Doesn't, like, it's like, no, I love police and I respect them, but maybe there's something to be said on this side. And, and the reverse. You know, um, to be to to be uh, defensive of order and law and police, like don't tell me I'm a racist because I'm defending people in uniform. Like it's not it, it's not either or. You um, know, I, well, I mentioned this today at mass. The gospel was a gospel where. You know they're trying to they're trying, the Jewish authorities they're trying to get Jesus once again sort of in trouble and they present a uh, well often they do like these sort of like unwinnable scenarios where no matter what he says he's going to alienate somebody so they give him the coin which has the image of uh, Caesar on it do we pay tax should we pay taxes to Caesar so you know if he says yeah pay taxes to Caesar that means he's going to alienate uh, the Jewish people who saw him as an oppressor. Um, if you, uh, if he says, no, don't pay the taxes. Well, then you're going to alienate, you know, the, uh, the, the government. So kind of like, no matter what he says, he's gonna, he's gonna aggravate certain people. Anyway, he, he kind of responds in this kind of puzzling way that trips them up. And it's ultimately like, Hey, some things we do for Caesar, and some things we do for God. And, um, and even that he could talk forever about that quite exactly what he means. But I was saying how, uh, at mass, how this weekend, on one of the Sunday morning talk shows, uh, there were these two two guys being interviewed together. Uh, One was a a retired uh, Chicago police officer, and the other was a uh, a civil rights attorney. So they were coming from two different worlds and generally defending where they came from. So they were kind of, at points, Sparring, but it was never, never like crazy, horrible attacks, but they were explaining where they're coming from and why these respective or do what they do and so on. But then at the end, this is kind of my point, I thought, and I thought it was, I was impressed with them. They, the, uh, the, the police officer said something like, you know, my grandfather, my father, a bunch of uncles and a bunch of cousins were all cops. Like I come from this police world, and I don't apologize for it, and I'm grateful for it, and it's shaped my worldview. Um, and, and I and I love being or I love being a police officer, um, but we're far from perfect, and you don't have to look far to see the imperfection. And we have a we have an obligation to to fix what's broken and and to maybe probe areas that about ourselves that we don't want to. Um, and then the, the uh, civil rights attorney goes, uh, I think he said, my my grandfather's brother, my great uncle, would that be? Um, and, and his wife marched with Martin Luther King you know, 60 years ago, whatever it was, and 50 something years ago. And, uh, and, and, and the same, like, kind of the same thing, like, this is, this is who I am and where we come from. And I don't... I'm proud of kind of like my, my family's history and, uh, but he was, he was like, uh, torching police cars is, is never okay. And stealing flat screen TVs is, that's, that's never, yeah. Now, uh, writing is the lang- language of the unheard, but like stealing TVs is just not, not legit. And what I liked about what both these guys said was, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny who I am and where I'm from, but I'm, but because maybe I love, I love where I'm from and who I am, I'm able to kind of critique it. Um, and I just thought, I was like, man, is that almost what like that gospel was? You got like, um, uh, were they both implicitly saying there's a higher There's a higher truth than the Chicago police department. And there's a higher truth than the NAACP. Um, they're true and they're important, but there's something more important. And it's it's God's law. It's not Caesar's. It's God's law, and it's God. You know, it's Jesus. It's Jesus's way and His truth and His life. And they didn't they didn't say any of that. But I think the, implicitly they were. And is that I don't know. Maybe back to where we was when we began, like this gross, sad chapter in our history. Most recently, um, because that is it like, sort of like, okay, what's the highest truth here? Like, and hey, you and I would say, well, whatever he said, we should, we should do. <laughs> like, whatever Jesus, whatever we, if the, mo- the most we can understand how Jesus would respond, that's what we should do. And that will, in time, lead to. Reconciliation, greater mercy, and justice uh, on, on both ends. So It's like you know, at the end of the day, he's he's the prescription, he's the remedy.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, you know, with the, with the whole thing about if you support cops, you're racist. If you support, you know, the you know, Black Lives Matter, for example, it means you hate cops, or you know, across the board back and forth and you know I, I think maybe it's just because everything is so polarized uh politically and and so, socioeconomically and everything like if you're over there that means you can't be over here yeah. but then in catholicism it's very much more of a both and than an either or take on things you know um our, our faith is ancient and yet every day it springs new you know like it's, it's full of paradox. And part of that is the cliche, hate the sin, love the sinner. And it's like, yeah, I don't like that thing that person's doing. But at the core, I know that that person is a child of God, just like I am, even if they're not acting like it. And I know that I also sin, um, even though I'm a child of God. And both of us deserve better and should die for better. But that doesn't mean that we come down on them. Um, and, oh, that's just an example. You know, you don't need to pick a side per se. You know, there are, like you mentioned before, there are times of gross injustice, like Nazi Germany. where It's like, you're not going to be like, well, I kind of sympathize with them there. Right. And with this, this example of this police officer who ultimately killed George Floyd, you're not going to say, I kind of understand what he was doing there because he was clearly in the wrong. But at the end of the day, there, there is a, a both and approach to this whole thing where you can say, I want to support my black brothers and sisters and make sure that they are being treated equally and are getting justice. And at the same time, I want to support normal lawful order and and in a just way and make sure that there's no chaos going on and that there's no rioting going on. You know, I think that those don't have to be exclusive arguments. You can kind of like, Ride the fence a little bit on that. Yeah. Well, you said,
1: you know, you, you referenced cliches. I mean, here's a real simple one, but like, it's easier said than done, but it's true. And it is easy to say it, it's not easy to do it,
0: but we've got to try and do it. Okay. Jesus said, Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And none of us are ever going to be, but that doesn't mean we ignore what he said. We still have to try. Um, I think with that, we can kind of wrap up the conversation unless you have anything else you want to end with. Yeah, that's good.
1: Good, good, good,
0: good, good conversation. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Um, do you have any final thoughts that you want to close with? I know for me, I would just say, you know, emphasizing again, if you're, if you're like me, if you're, white and you've never encountered racism before. I, you know, I'm not huge on like, I'm not usually uh, reflective on this kind of stuff, but I think that amid certain current events, I am thinking about like, what can I do to empathize better with, with people who probably do experience this a lot more often than I do. Even it's just, even if it's just next time I encounter somebody who's different from myself, can I make sure I am thinking about the way that they may be interpreting things in addition to how I interpret things, you know, something simple like that. And I don't think that's asking too much of myself or of anybody. So, um, certainly, you know, I'm going to go forward and try to think more on that, but that's, that's all I got.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, I, am with you. Um, you know, and the hope is that, uh, I mean, the real hope would be that, that we do become better. You know, wouldn't it be terrible if, I mean, I mean these riots are going to stop, I guess, eventually, right? And uh, wouldn't it be terrible if nothing came of them, like no no good came of them, um, like just the hope that, hey, we're a great country, we're a great country. And, um, the challenge to be greater, you know, maybe humility, just to kind of a collectively, nationally, just to kind of say, like, yeah, you know, in you in a in a, in a spirit of humility, how do we how do we, and in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, with a sense of obligation, because I think God has blessed us, blessed our country, and I you know, I don't think we should apologize for that, you know. Um, I think you know. Doesn't mean doesn't mean we're better than other people, but we have been blessed in unique ways, and in so many ways historically, we've we've done great things with that blessing um, over our two hundred plus years. You know, but this is definitely a you know this is a, this is a, a part of the picture, a part of the puzzle that continues to just not be not be what it should sort of to make it right. on you know, both sides. And, sides, if you want to say sides, because we all, we all need to be challenged, legitimately challenged and how good it would be if uh, if, if some of that happened as a result of this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's not too far off to say that each of us has this certain amount of power in our lives. And, and one cliche with great power comes great responsibility. So Let's, uh, we can take that and try to move forward and just try to be more responsible in general. I think uh, Spider-Man too. was mm-hmm. hey, yeah, it's Spider-Man. All right. Might as well get him involved too. <laughs> All right. With that, we'll close up. Um, I think we'll we'll close out in prayer, but I would encourage everybody just to, you know, pray, pray a lot for prayer, uh, for um, for peace, for justice, for solidarity and just so we can kind of see a common humanity here. Um, again, thank you for listening to the Beach Catholic Podcast or watching along if you're watching on Facebook. You can catch this episode and all of our other recorded episodes at Facebook and on the St. Mary of the Isle Facebook page. Uh, that's facebook.com slash Isle or at beachcatholic.com slash tv. Father Brian, do you want to close us out in prayer? Sure, let's pray. Lord, we ask you uh,
1: to bless our country, uh, help us to, to live up to uh, the ideals which we profess and believe in, uh, we pray for people who have been um, victimized by uh, bigotry, and um, we pray for uh, those who defend us and protect us, law all, all in law enforcement. Um, for healing and for peace
0: we ask all of this through christ our lord amen thank you everybody i uh, hope you enjoyed the rest of your week and we will see you next time see you later